0: holiday messages as I've told you before, but I am going to talk to you about what Christmas really means. Genesis chapter 1, for a Christmas message. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 said, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. What Christmas is all about It's about God finding a way to get His Word into the earth. God was wanting to get His Word into the earth. And His Word He called a seed. Okay? Seeds are productive. There's a few things you need to know about seeds. There's always a harvest attached to a seed. Every harvest starts with a seed. I know this is exciting for you farmers. City folks don't always understand this. We buy, we buy little plants and grow them and think we're doing something. But farmers start with seeds. Farmers start with seeds. And the Bible teaches us that words are seeds, all right? So God said, I want everything that's in the earth to yield. And notice the one thing it says in verse 12, whose seed is in itself. The seeds of your future are in you. The seeds of your future are in you. The seed is in itself. Oh, I just need some help. Somebody help. No, you've got a seed in you for the harvest you need. The seed is in itself. God promised to make you produ- productive, reproductive, if you will, in ways other than by sexual reproduction. You are reproductive in all ways because you have a seed. You have a seed in you, and it is that word. Listen to this, in Genesis 3:15. And I will put enmity. He, the very first messianic prophecy is right here. First promise of a Messiah coming. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Talking to the devil now, talking to that serpent. And between thy seed <coughs> and her seed, it shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. So the very first mention of the, of the word seed in the Bible is in Genesis 1:11. 11 That's why we went there. To tell you that, is, that, that every fruit has its seed in itself. You are a fruit of your parents and you have your own seed inside you. Amen. This is powerful. When you were born again, you, are, you became the fruit of the message of the gospel. You are the, message, you are the fruit of the message of the gospel through Jesus Christ. The, the message of the gospel of the grace of God, you are the fruit of that. Hallelujah, you bunch of Gentiles, catfish-eating Gentiles. You, you did not come in because you were Jewish. You came in because there was a gospel called grace. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. The Jews don't like that very much. You all know they, don't like, they didn't like Paul. The Christian Jews didn't like Paul. Acts chapter 21 said they tried to kill him. Because they didn't understand it. They got in because of their birthright. They got in because they had a revelation. They got in because of they repented. You got in because you believed. Yes. Yes. Mm. Now I'll put enmity between thee and the woman and her seed and your seed. Now, <coughs> there's a song we sing, He is Alive, He is Alive. We sometimes say God is Alive, God is Alive. I leaned over to Miss Ann and I said, that's not really accurate. The he part is accurate, but God is alive, should not be in that message. That, his resurrection was not about God being alive. You need to hear me closely. I'm going to give you some good. Can you stand a little theology today? Yes. Yeah. The resurrection of Christ did not prove that God was alive. The resurrection of Christ proved that a man was alive again from the dead. Yeah. Amen. That a man came back to life from the dead. Everybody believed God could live through death, but nobody believed a man could live through death. The man, Jesus, rose from the dead. The man, Jesus, is seated at the right hand of God Almighty right now. The man. There's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Glory to God. The man rose from the dead. That's the miracle part of it all. Everything he did, he did for you. He did not die on a cross to, to prove that he could do it. He did not die on a cross because he was murdered. He did not die on a cross because he couldn't get away from his enemies. He died on the cross for you. Verse twenty-five of chapter four, Genesis twenty-four and verse er, four and t- verse twenty-five. I'm sorry. And Adam knew his wife again, she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Now there's a seed. She called Seth a seed. And Seth had a a seed. And when Seth had a seed, this replacement seed, this seed seed that was dead, Abel, and the seed that came forth right after him was Seth, (coughs) which is indicative of you. Now listen, follow me closely. Christ, Abel was a type of Christ dying for our sins. Seth is a seed born immediately after, and Eve ties Abel to, to Seth in her own speech that God was saying, there's a Christ coming who's going to bring forth sons of his own. And then men, all mankind, will start calling out upon God. Whosoever shall call upon the name. All the catfish eaters can call upon the name of the God. The name of the Lord is available to every man now. They said that's when they, th- they believed that men started praying. was when Seth, Seth's son Enos was born. In the New Testament, that means that you all came in. And you all had contact with God and that God would hear your prayers. Anybody in the room ever have a prayer answered? Amen. That's proof that God hears a Gentile's prayer. Genesis 8, While the earth remains, God said to Noah. Everybody stomp a foot. Is the earth still remaining? Yeah. This is not Mars. This is earth. This is not heaven. This is earth. While the earth remains, it's still here. Seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not... Seize. So one thing we know for sure, as long as there is the earth, seeds still will produce. As long as there is an earth, seeds will produce. Now there's a few few laws of the harvest you need to get a hold of, and I, I don't mean you need to take notes, I just want you to hear it. There are at least three laws of the harvest. One is that you always harvest more than you plant. That's why giving in an offering is a good thing for you. Yeah. It helps the church, but we don't talk to you very much about the need we have here. I had friends, I've talked to two friends in the last year or two who we hired at CFNI at Christ for the Nations, and both of them reported that their outside support went down. The people who supported their ministries before that we, we, they were hired at Christ for the Nations, they reported that their, their, their offerings went down. I said, why? They said, well, the people, you know how people are. They think if you don't need it, you know, you got a job now, you got a regular income, so you don't need it. I said, I feel sorry for you. I said, I hate to tell you this, but mine went up. (laughs) Said, what? How'd that happen? I said, because I never teach people to give because I need it. Are you hearing me? The bigger I get, the more they want to give. I'm going to try this out over here. The bigger I get, the more they want to give. All right. Because you should take the admonition from Scripture to sow into good soil. Sow into good soil so that you will have a good Harvest. If you just give to need, you're always going to be giving to needs. (laughs) That's like giving to the poor. The Bible says you give to the poor. You know what you get in exchange for giving to the poor? You get it back. That's not sowing. You give to the poor and you get it back. That's not sowing. No farmer on earth would sow if that was the rules of farming. Hey, I'm doing good, man. I put a seed in, I get one back. Glory to God. Some of the farmers over in Love County, where I was raised, that's how they feel. That's how they live hand-to-mouth, some of them. But that's not the rules of, of farming. They operate on the rule of farming. The first rule of farming is, if I sow, I'm going to get much more back out of each seed. Yeah. And the better the soil, the better the harvest. The better the, serve, the soil, the better the harvest. Bad soil, bad harvest. You're going to get some. You get some out of stony ground. You get some out of, out of briars and thicket, thorns and weeds. You're going to get some, but you get, you get the best out of good ground. Second rule of the harvest is, you, now the offering is over. We're not going to receive another one, so just relax. I'm not telling you this to get a harvest. I'm talking to you about Christmas. second rule of the harvest is, (laughs) this is one that gets a lot of people. You reap in a different season than you sow. You know why so many people give up on their harvest? Because they're not patient enough. If you sow a seed and it doesn't come up, the last thing you want to do is go out there and dig it up and look at it. You want to just leave it alone and wait. Everybody say, tell, tell two people you need to wait on your seed. Wait on your seed. Trust God. Well, I tried that preacher stuff, preacher, I tried that stuff and it didn't work for me. <laughs> well, it's probably working just like you, you, you say it is. It doesn't work. It's working just like it's supposed to. You're saying it doesn't work, so it's not working. Your seed, the seed of your word, is bringing forth the harvest that you say. Nothing equals nothing. A whole bunch of nothing is still nothing. The third rule of the harvest is that you always reap (coughs) the same kind that you sow. The same kind that you sow. You're going to get apples if you plant an apple seed. In my world, my world where I was raised over in Love County, it was peanuts and watermelon, that's all we ever could raise, that and grass. So we raised horses and cows and grass, and if we wanted to do any real farming, you, you raised peanuts and watermelon, or you didn't raise anything. Because the soil was, was made for peanuts and watermelon, so y'all are welcome for all the watermelons that you got from us. <laughs> all through the years. We have people from Whitesboro here, they got the same, same kind of soil we do. But it will bring forth. If you put a seed in the ground, it's going to bring it forth—a harvest. Well, as long as the earth remains, that means this law is still good. This law, this covenantal law, and it's not a law as in the law of Moses. This is a covenantal law. God's making promises here that as long as the earth remains, there shall not cease to be seed time and harvest. Now let's look at chapter nine of Genesis. Genesis nine nine. <coughs> and I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Now listen to this. God is saying that seeds are covenantal tools. God makes promises that He intends on keeping forever because of seed. Because of seed. The Bible teaches us clearly in Romans chapter 10 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. He's, he's saying that I will bring you into covenant with me, I'll bring you into covenant with me if you will confess it, if you will let a seed come out of your mouth about Jesus, that God will establish a covenant with you that will last forever. Amen. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 7, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto, uh, uh, and said, unto thy seed will I g- give this land. And there built he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. "...for all the land which you see, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed after thee." Do you notice how that's that's in verse 15 of chapter 13. These, these go together in that God is saying the seed is a reason for worship. The seed is a reason for worship. And worship always involves some kind of sacrifice. So involved in our, in our seed time... And harvest is that seed time means you give it away. If you need more love, the thing to do is just start loving. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. He's not saying love your enemies so you'll have a miserable life. He's saying sow seeds of love into your enemies so he can bring forth a harvest of love back to you. It works even with your enemies. I know it's true. I know it's true. I know it to be true. I've loved my enemies. I've blessed my enemies to death. But if you fight back, if you want to fight your, your own battles, you're going to have battles to fight, I promise you. But if you learn how to sow seeds of the harvest you expect back, This really works really well in marriage. (laughs) It's not all that funny. Y'all laugh, but it's not all that funny. (laughs) Most of the trouble we have in marriage is because we sow the wrong kind of seeds in the soil next to us. You sow that kind of of seed in the soil of your mate's heart. You're going to get it back. Now remember the laws of the harvest. You get more than you sowed. You get it in a different season, Ralph. That's why she brings it up. Something that happened a long time ago is going to come into this conversation right here, right now. You're reaping in a different season. (laughs) That's why that happens. Some seeds just take longer to germinate. (laughs) Chapter 13 of Genesis again, verse 16. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Verse verse chapter 15 and verse 5, which is the same thought. And he brought him, that is God brought Abram, forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. God is making a promise here to Abraham, your father in faith, to make you more prosperous then you're able to count. In some ways, <coughs> we cannot determine our prosperity only by how much money we have. That's part of it, but that's not all the way you, you determine your prosperity. Look around you. Look at your life and see the children in your life. See the people in this church that are part of your harvest. I know when we got here, the church was, was quite small and it's, isn't, isn't a gigantic church today, but a lot more people here now than there were. And this is not a harvest that Miss Ann and I brought. This is a harvest God brought to those who kept sowing seed during the lean times. People that were here, those few families that were here, kept sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. sowing. When they saw nothing for years, it went on. So and so and so, they just kept on. Then all of a sudden, God began to bring a harvest. God will bring a harvest if you'll be faithful in the lean times. Amen. I will establish my covenant. This is how God establishes His covenant, by giving you much seed. Amen. Look at Genesis 21 and 12. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, that is the lad Ishmael, and because of thy bondwoman in all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now you go to Galatians chapter 4 and 5, you find something really powerful, especially in chapter 4, talking about is Isaac and Ishmael. <coughs> the culmination of this is found the culmination of this is found in Christ. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Also of the son of the bondwoman uh, I will make a nation because of, of I will make a nation because he is your seed. Now it was not the will of God for Ishmael to be in the in the in the plan. He was not in God's plan. God had no intention of blessing Ishmael or there even being in Ishmael. It was not the will of God. But notice what God says here. I will also bless the son of your bondwoman and make a nation because, and make him a nation, because he is your seed. This is how committed God is to covenant. God is committed to covenant, even in your goof-ups. He's not in my plan. You asked me to bless Ishmael. He's not in my plan, Abe. He's not part of the plan. Don't you see? He doesn't fit into the picture. But you've asked me, and as your covenant partner, I'm going to go against my own plan to be able to keep my covenant with you. God has no sovereign plan outside keeping his word to you. I found that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I found that sometimes I've done stupid things, and God has even taken the stupid things I did, and turned it out to be glorious and wonderful in my and for for, for me. Have you, noticed, have you noticed that some of the stupid things you've done that God's turned it into a testimony for you? Yeah. Anybody here ever do any stupid thing? Yeah, I may not be the right preacher, but this is the right message, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Glory to God. But notice who, who is gonna the covenant is gonna be blessed through? Isaac. You know what his name means? Laughter. Laughter. I will establish my covenant through the one named laughter, not the one called mourning. The Jews are still mourning to this day. Repent, repent, you filthy sinner, repent. And most of religion talks like that. Very, very little bit of religion talks like believe God, happy day good, good news, I got good news for you Isaac is risen from the dead glory to God Ooh, laughter, joy the gospel is supposed to be peaceable and joyful and full of happiness, hallelujah yeah. it's a good news, I, no, nobody ever brought me good news that made me cry <laughs> nobody ever brought me good news that made me cry that's a cry for joy Y'all know the scripture, uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength? Yeah. Nehemiah 8 and 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It says an awful lot more there. It says that the elders of the, of the, of the Jews lifted up their voices and wept. They wept like babies crying mourning because the, the wall didn't look like the wall they'd seen in the early days. They wept and wept. And you, know what, you, know, you know what Nehemiah stood up and said? Don't weep. Don't cry. Stop. Stop crying, because this day is holy. Read it yourself. Don't cry, because this day is holy. Wait. Wait a minute. I got to wrap my Pentecostal mind around that. Because when holiness was preached preached to me, I had to start crying to show how broken I was, how unholy I was. But in the Old Testament, even D.M.I. had an idea that crying would defile the joy of the moment. Defile the joy of the moment. Don't weep today. This day is too holy for weeping. Rejoice! Have a feast! The covenant doesn't come through mourning. The covenant comes through laughter. Glory to God. Stop feeling sorry for Jesus dying on the cross. He knew exactly what He was doing. He's over it. Amen. You're supposed to enjoy what He did for you. Glory to God. He didn't die to make you cry. He died to make you live. Some people think Jesus came to make bad people turn good. Jesus came so bad people could become good. No, no, no. We had not just fallen into disrepair, ladies and gentlemen. We were far worse than just bad. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people live. We were far worse off than just bad. Anybody heard the gospel yet? This is the real one right here. Chapter 22 and verse 17, God says to Abraham Abraham, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of these enemies. I love this, stars and sand, talking to the faith man, stars and sand. He's saying, I want you thinking about your seed. I want you to stay in the covenant promises night and day. If you're having a good day with your head up, if you're having a bad day with your head down, I want you to keep in front of your eyes and keep in your heart that you're in covenant with Almighty God, and I'm going to make you bigger than you could ever make yourself. Right in your trouble, right in your attacks, right in your stresses, right at Christmas time trying to pay the bills. trying to get it all bought. In January and February, trying to get it paid for. (laughs) Y'all laughing a little too much. I struck a nerve. I want you to notice something in Matthew 16, 16. He said, your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Jesus makes a reference to this in Matthew 16, 16, when he says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Remember this moment? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my... Now you and I both know that he did not build his his church upon Peter. But he built it upon the rock of what Peter said, that confession. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said there was a, in the Old Testament, he said that going, the seed is going to possess the gate of the enemies. The seed. What is, what is Peter's confession? A seed. Are you seeing the, the tie? The seed, which is the offspring in the Old Covenant, in the New Testament, is a seed is a word. Luke chapter 8 and verse 11. Luke chapter 8 and verse 11. Is it up here on the wall behind me? Luke eight eleven 11. It says, Now the parable of this is this. The seed is the Word of God. Jesus tells a parable about a sower who went forth to sow. It's told in Matthew 13. It's told in Mark chapter 4. And it's told here in Luke chapter 8 and this is the only place where it says it outright, the seed that was being sown is the Word of God. The seed is the Word. The seed is sown. Let's back up to Luke chapter 1. I want to read the Christmas story to you. finally arrived at Christmas. The angel said unto her, Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Verse 31, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, how long, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee, and the power of the highest. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest. This is how God always works. I'm going to tell you what the power here is. This is the Greek word dunamis, that explosive right now power to act. There are basically two words in the New Covenant that are are in the New Testament that are translated power. One is exousia, most often translated authority or the right of privilege, the right of authority. And this word dunamis, which means explosive right now power strength, act. One Exusia is more the badge on the officer and dunamis is more like the gun. The badge says stop in the name of the Lord. The gun says he just stopped. every time God's Spirit moved, you see the Word coming forth right behind it. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters in creation, remember? The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. The Spirit moved, and then the Word came. The Spirit and the Word, that's what created here it says, the Spirit of God shall come upon you, Mary, and the power of the highest. Well, what is the power of the highest? You get what he's defining as the power of God in Romans 1.16. Where it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, for it is the power. It didn't say the power was in the gospel. It said the gospel itself was the power. And the gospel simply means good words. A good message. Euangelion. Euangelion. Glory to God. That's the Greek word, euangelion, which means good message or good words. So what word did the angel say to Mary? What, what was the power of God to Mary? It was a word, you shall conceive. I believe on this day that that angel came was the day when he spoke that word, that word of God into her that she conceived right that moment. She conceived right that moment. The power of the Spirit came upon her, and the word went into her womb. And when the word went into her womb, Jesus was birthed. Was not birthed, but was conceived. Now I want to tell you something a little fact of history. We do not believe historically that Jesus was actually born on December 25th. Historically, it probably didn't happen. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm going to help you. Historically, we believe it was more like September 25th. That's more likely when, it, when he was actually born, born. But I love the fact that this time of the year was, was held as a time of celebration for the birth of Christ? For this reason, because I'm pro-life. I don't know where you stand, but if you're not pro-life, you should be. I'm anti-abortion, pro-life. Never make any apologies about it. And I would never vote for a freak that believed in in pro-abortion. I would never vote for anybody like that. I'm not going to be held accountable in this country. You're held accountable for who you vote for. It is a spiritual thing, because you are the king of this country. Don't ever forget that your president is not a king he's a public servant that you vote in or vote out he works for you all right you'll be held you'll be held responsible for that I'm not going to be held responsible for somebody that allows people to murder babies for money I'm preaching good right now preacher I'm with you I don't care if they like it or not I'm on your side Get me. When do we believe life begins with the baby that, when that baby draws his first breath or the moment he's conceived, if you count back seven periods of 40 days, and the, the baby is not nine months does not gestate for, 90, for, for nine months. baby really gest, gestates for, two, for uh, 280, 280, 280 days, OK? 280 days. I can't say 80 today. 280 days. That's 7 times 40. You count backwards from September the 25th and you arrive at December 25th. The day the angel came. We believe Jesus came to earth on Christmas Day because we believe that's when His life began on earth was the day he was conceived. Did I help you? Glory to God. So when those who don't like us celebrating Christmas say to you, well, you know, that really is a a solstice celebration of the pagans, say, well, I'm a pagan blessed of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And I believe that Jesus was conceived on this day and I celebrate his conception just like I would celebrate his birth. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. That's good right there. kind of messes up the story a little bit. There's no room in the end, will I? Christ, the true meaning of Christmas was God was coming and is found in this, these words of the angels when they came and said, "Peace on earth. God was making peace with mankind not peace of mind, an end to the rage and havoc of war, a state of national tranquility. And the gospel says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And whoever believes on his name through that message receives forgiveness of sins. Let's pray together. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your your death, burial, and resurrection. But today we celebrate your conception. Amen. The seed was conceived on this day. And this church is full of people who are the harvest of that seed. So we thank you for what Christmas means to us. We bless you today in the matchless and glorious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Let these pastors take over now.